Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the game. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Garnet Chest Hour here on 1075 the Game. Tyler Head and Chris Clark in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios welcoming in today's special guest, specialist from the Gamecocks football team, plays kicker, Mitch Jeter. Mitch, how are you doing this morning? Oh, man, I'm good, Tyler. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. This is your first time on radio. You ever done anything like this before? Yeah, first time on radio. I've never really done anything with it, um, but I'm excited. Excited to be on here with you guys. Specialist guest. A little bit of a pun there. What do you think of the digs in here, the the studio? Pretty it's, cool. It's uh, I, I've never been in a radio studio, but this, this is pretty cool. I uh, could see myself, you know, doing this a lot more, uh, hopefully. But it's really cool. Never really thought, like, whenever you listen to the radio or anything, what the behind-the-scenes stuff looks like, but... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, fortunately for us, you can literally just press your face against our window, walking down the street, and just like peer into the studio. You never know you what you'll see. Either. Never know I, what you'll see. I was I was out in the lobby the other day and looked out there. I was on the phone talking to somebody and looked out, and Don Staley walked down the street. There you go. So might never know what random celebrity might see Mitch Jeter walking down the street. Exactly. But he's here go. today. So yeah, good to have you, man. Uh, first of all, you guys have a. We were talking about this off air before you came on. You got a little bit of time off now. How nice is that? Yeah, I mean, we get this um, kind of like every football player in the pro in the country, I guess, um, for every program is getting this month off right yeah. now to where, you know, workouts are done, the semester's over. Some guys are still in summer school, but, um, you know, you have some time off to yourself, and um, it's been good. Been, been at home a lot, um, just kind of, like I said, getting a lot more time to make your own schedule rather than being on something that, um, is consistent, kind of a schedule base where if you're doing a workout um, and you're consistently in the mornings, but you can't go one morning and you got to get it in the afternoon, it's it's nice to be able to have that flexibility. So what all what all do you do for workouts? Like you mentioned to me right before we came on that you've been kicking on your own. You know, so obviously I, I know that they give you latitude, like when you're in practice. I don't think Pete Limbo's standing over your shoulder all the time saying, do that, you know, right. Like they give you some direction, but like, what do you do on your own? How is it maybe different in the off season from what you're doing in spring ball and then um, in the preseason camp? Yeah, I'd say it's, um, it's a lot more different because as, as the life in a specialist is pretty lonely, I'd say, um, at least on the (laughs) practice field. So, um, you know, and in our own practices with South Carolina work, um, we're doing a lot of, you know, stuff with Coach Limbo where it's whether we're with him or on our own or even in the team doing um, field goals, punts, kickoffs, whatever it is. But whenever we're kind of in this month off and have some time to ourselves, um, it's really nice to get out there and kind of, you know, break down your own form, break down your own film and um, really try to make some gains before you really get back going in the summer. Um, so I'd say it's a lot more time to ourselves, uh, being able to kind of look at everything uh, from a different perspective of, not necessarily under the um, 
you know, under pressure all the time. Whereas <laughs> if, you know, if you need to take a step back and look at some different things, you can. So how many uh, field goals are you kicking on an average day? So um, I guess I kind of do a different way. I do like a kind of contact base warm up. Um, and then I get into like a kind of a slower pace, kind of building up into a full field goal. Um, but I try to keep my reps under probably 50 total balls uh, for a session. You know, it's kind of like a pitch count, but um, I, I try to keep my reps under that number. When you are, like, out there by yourself, you say you're not on the practice field, or, or do you train by yourself, or do you have some folks out there with you, like, so, in the season? I guess it depends on the day. I yeah. mean, um, I guess yesterday I was up in Charlotte with my coach, Dan Orner. Um, yeah. He's a local kicking coach. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte got a lot of college NFL guys. Um, I've been with him since high school, and he's kind of my go-to guy if um, we're just working on form-based stuff or just stuff like that. Um, but if I'm on my own, you know, just getting my own work, it's kind of like, you know, I, I like to refer to it a lot as like a golfer swing coach. You know, you're with your yeah. swing coach every once in a while, but a lot of times you're just going out and hitting balls by yourself. So when you're analyzing, you know, what's going on, you mentioned going back and looking at like, your form, your technique, like, are you filming yourself on your cell phone and then when you're out there by yourself and then going back and looking at it and saying, okay, this looks good. I might need to adjust this. Or are you just going off a of field the whole time? It's a little bit of both. Um, I think, you know, I do a lot of video stuff to where I can not only slow down my session to where I'm not kicking um, so many balls after another, um, but it is nice to kind of look at that video and be like, okay, if this is what I'm trying to work on, really slow down the day and kind of build slowly on that stuff um yeah so using a lot of video but it's it's there's a little bit of feel involved too of yeah. okay it may not look the best but i like the way this feels um so it's, it's a little different in that perspective so not not to jinx you but you, you didn't miss last year on a field goal but in, in i'm sure i know in your career you you've missed field goals or maybe you've missed miss hit a kick like do you know when, at what point do you know that you've mishit it and then what is it typically that's gone wrong in that process? Does that question make sense? Yes, sir. Um, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of different things that can go wrong. Um, I mean, if I'm on my own, you know, there's a specific, like, contact point on my foot. I'm trying to throw at the ball at a specific spot. Um, it's probably I, me and my coach like to talk about. It's like a dime-sized spot on my foot into a quarter-sized spot on the ball. So um, it, it, there's there's a lot of room for error that um, you can you can mess up. But um, when you were talking about feel, I guess that's kind of um, where I kind of feel my mishits come from is mostly feel. If I if something doesn't feel right or anything, I don't necessarily think it's a form issue. I think it's more of a contact issue. I feel like if my contact's on, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty much um, where I need to be. Did you? Your first year here was 2020, Correct. and that was Parker White's redshirt senior year. So I know you handled um, the kickoff duties that year, right? But d did you learn anything from Parker, like just his approach? Or I remember we had him on for an interview one time, and we asked him like a simple question, what we thought was a simple question. And 20 minutes later, you know, he had broken down all the different you know techniques and everything. But did you learn anything from observing him? Or, or really anybody else around the team when you transition from high school to college? Definitely. I mean, it's a whole new perspective as soon as you get to college of, you know, in high school, I guess you're coming up in the recruiting process of, okay, the coaches want to see, can I hit the biggest ball I can to get the most looks? Whereas mm -hmm. once you get to college, it's all about consistency. 
So um, whenever, I guess, I got here in 2020, um, I got here in the summer, so it was cool to see how, like, Parker transitioned himself to get ready for a season throughout the summer. Um, and then obviously watching him um, in the 2020 season and the 2021 season, um, see him in the highs and the lows and see how he handled both of those situations um, and kind of watch him and not necessarily be asking him all the time of, hey, what do you do when this happens or what do you do when that happens? It's kind of w myself watching him and trying to just take mental notes of, okay, this is how this guy handles himself and he does a really good job at what he does. Um, so it was a lot of mental notes. I still talk to him a lot. Um, he's up in Green Bay right now. So he's doing their, I guess, OTAs, mini camp kind of deal. Um, but yeah, he, he was a great mentor to me. I'm, I'm super glad that I was able to be under him for a little bit um, in my freshman, sophomore seasons. How daunting is it taking over place kicking from the school's all-time leading scorer? What kind of pressure is that? I mean, um, I tried not to think about it like that too much. I mean, obviously, you know, coming into the season, Parker had been, I guess, the kicker for the last, what, five years. Um, so it was, I guess you could say I was a new face. Um, but I didn't try to think of it that way. I just kind of thought that, you know, it was my opportunity and my time to go. Um, and I was going to try to put my best foot forward to help our team win. So 2020, since we were on that subject, you were a freshman, so you're moving from high school to college in the SEC. Um, but there's also something else that year. That that was the COVID year. So was that difficult? Not only from – a lot of people think about it with athletes, with football, and all the protocols y'all had to do and how you had to train and how that affected things. But also think about you guys are still students too, right? This is your first year of college. should be like the most exciting time in your life. And instead you come to a campus that's like – basically shut down so was that a hard time yeah i guess what was it like march of 2020 is when yeah. everything went, yeah. went crazy right so um i was originally supposed to come here in august of that year and just get here a couple weeks before camp um i guess i would have graduated at the end of may and then came here in august so i would have had the summer you know to prep and train and be there with like my, my family and stuff and then they call me um the coaching staff here at South Carolina, like two weeks before I graduate high school, and they're like, hey, um, we need you here June 1. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, I'm I'm going to be there. Like, you know, I was excited. Um, it was kind of a different timetable of, like, changing from August to June, and that, that was obviously crazy. And then as soon as I get here, um, like three days, we were getting tested like three times a week. Three days in, I contract COVID. So like I'm in quarantine or whatever and that, that was just a weird summer um now you know I, I'm still able to train on my own and stuff and not just not be a part of team activities when I had that um but it was definitely weird because the contact tracing that they had involved with that was ridiculous like you were you were in a room with somebody and they contracted COVID they were you know taking all the precautions that they needed to so um but th that was definitely a hard time you know just kind of come in and really watch where I'm stepping of, okay, I still want to participate in team activities, get myself ready for the season, you know, give myself the best chance to play and make sure I'm staying safe too. And you're just from just up the road in Salisbury, North Carolina. What was the process of getting you to South Carolina? Why did you decide to come here? So, um, I mean, for me, it was, I wanted to stay close to home. That was, that was the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, I, I grew up right there in Salisbury and stayed there my whole life and, um, you know, kind of, I guess throughout the recruiting process, picked up some 
smaller offers um, and then picked up some, you know, schools in North Carolina that started out with like preferred walk-ons kind of deal and ended up turning into scholarships and um, got some other scholarships from some other D1 schools. And eventually South Carolina came around in my senior year in like mid-December. It was kind of late, um, but I was, you know, very grateful for the opportunity that they had. And obviously playing in the SEC, you can't beat it. Um, being down here in South Carolina on a Saturday is unlike any other place in the country. So um, I'm excited to be here and um, don't regret any decision I made. You know, it's kind of, I, I think maybe people don't realize it's actually a little bit more on the rare side for specialists to get scholarships right out of high school, right? Like the top guys like yourself do, but I mean, Parker White walked on, right. Elliot Fry walked on. And I remember talking to Limbo at one point at one of the media events, and he actually said, I think this was his first year, that, you know, he's good with either scholarship or preferred walk on, but that it could be like actually safer to PWO a guy because it's kind of like you said earlier, like you don't really know what you're going to get out of a guy. Like he can have a big leg, right? But until you get him in college, like you don't know how he's going to perform. Definitely. I mean, I think, um, you know, like you said, a lot of the top guys are getting scholars. And it's, I'll say this, it's weird with kicking, punting, snapping because you're on a rotation, right? Like, you can't go out and offer a scholarship to a kicker every single year. Like, yeah. if you've got a freshman kicker on scholarship, you're not going to go offer another high school kicker a scholarship. Um, so that was kind of what the, turned into my deal with South Carolina is Parker was getting, you know, at the end of his career, um, I guess 2020 would have been his last year if COVID wasn't the case. So the plan for me was to come in and compete in redshirt um, if I didn't win the job and then um, – you know, take over when he was gone. So I think that's a, the case for a lot of guys is you'll see scholarships come out when there's a kicker at the end of his career. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Chris Clark along with you. Today's special guest, Gamecocks kicker, Mitch Jeter. Uh, Mitch, last week uh, on this show, we had Hunter Rogers in here on Thursday, obviously the long snapper for y'all. And while you're not necessarily the one handling the snap on a kick, how important is the relationship between the kicker and the long snapper for having success on the field? I mean, it's definitely important. Hunter's one of my really good friends. Um, You know, Hunter, Kai, and I all live. We don't live in the same house, but we all are. I guess Kai's next to my house and Hunter's right behind my house. So we're all very close together where we still get that camaraderie um, on and off the field. You know, I, I kind of uh, something that we all like to do together is golf a lot. Um, that's kind of our thing. And, um, you know, even if it's on the field, on the golf course, off the field, um, we're still getting together a lot. But that relationship's super important um, because, you know, if I know that Hunter's going to do his job and Kai's going to do his job, it makes my life 10 times easier um, just to be able to trust and know that everything's going to be the way it needs to be and I can just execute my job as well. Beyond just trusting that they can do their job, do you think there is there anything like psychologically to the fact that you guys are close friends and everything and spend so much time together? Like, do you really think that that helps with the consistency? Um, I de- yeah, definitely. Like, you guys, um, you, you know each other's tendencies of yeah. good, bad, ugly. You've seen everything. Um you know, and I, I think it's important to um, have that relationship off the field because 
not everything needs to be about football. You know, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of time that you can take away and um, do stuff off the field to where you can really build that relationship for a lifelong friendship or anything like that between those guys that you played football with for four to five years. You know, when you guys are practicing, one of the things we always joke about, and you mentioned earlier that you know the specialists, the the life can be kind of lonely. But correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like when you look at how Pete Limbo's structures practice and special teams, it seems like the kickers, snappers, holders, like you guys are more engaged than like your typical high school or college football practice. You know, we've, we've been here some years in the past where you'd go into the old indoor facility that sounded like the bug zapper and you know, the, the punters and kickers are in there like doing trick shots and stuff. And, and I know that's fun, but like you guys are out there like, tackling people and all sorts of stuff like is, is it different is that perception right definitely i mean um i've seen both sides you know i i was here when i first got here with the new coaching staff um obviously before coach beamer and coach limbo got to campus here um but like the way coach limbo structures practice is just it's awesome for us and you know sometimes it feels like dang we're doing a lot today um <laughs> but other times it's like, okay, you know, I'm glad we're doing a lot because it keeps it keeps us engaged, and I feel like if we're engaged, we're going to perform better. Um, so, like you said, you've seen us doing pride drills of stuff that doesn't look like what kickers are supposed to be doing. You know, we're we're throwing, we're we're catching, we're tackling, like we're we're doing everything um, a football player does, and that's how Coach Limbo wants to see us as as football players, not as specialists. Um, but like you said before, that there was a lot of time. Um, whenever you're not like or before coach limbo was here to there was a lot of time to goof around which sometimes that's not a good thing to yeah. where you can um where, where you can not be locked in and obviously not have a good practice or a good game or whatever it is when kai is on the uh on the sideline warming up his arm like is that a partial like troll for the other team like just to get them to think about that that aspect a little bit about it i think it's um yeah, obviously, you know, guy's got a great arm. He's throwing a lot. He played quarterback in high school, I think. Um, yeah. But um, I think it's, you know, he's warming up his arm, but he's also just kind of being there for the snapper. I think it's both the snapper and him getting loose. Um, yeah. You know, if we're on offense and, you know, we're backed up or whatever, we may have to punt um, or they're just staying loose um, because, you know, obviously I have the net. Kai uses the net. Yeah. Um, but Hunter, you know, he doesn't really – he's not really snapping into the net. He kind of just snaps at the Kai – Kai, I guess, uses that as his time to warm up his arm and throwing it back, playing catch with him. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of – I don't know if it's like a mind game deal, but it's it's a little bit of everything, just kind of keeping everything loose. I want to go over some of the big plays from, from last season. There were obviously a bunch of them on special teams. But so Hunter Rogers, his touchdown in the bowl game. Let's talk about that one. Because yeah. he, he, he dropped your name in that story the other day too. So um, you guys were both lined up outside. Give us your perspective on the play. So, oh, God. Um, uh, well, I mean, we're in the – I don't even know what drive that was, but it was early in the game. Pretty early, yeah. Yeah, it was early in the game. Um, I guess first quarter maybe. Um, but we're, you know, we're driving, and I'm getting ready to kick a field goal. I'm on the net. Like, I I had – I know Hunter probably – he told the story, I think, of talking about um, – talking to Coach Beamer, Coach Lembo, and <laughs> – He's told me that story um, to where they were like, yeah, like, we're going to run it. Like, so I'm warming up on the net. I think I would have, it would have been like a 42, 41-yard field goal, something like that. Um, and I was, you know, getting ready to kick. I was, like, 
trying to mentally prepare. That's a big thing for me is preparation. Um, so mentally preparing to go out there and execute a kick. Um, and then they're, they called the play, and I'm like, all right, I guess we're not kicking. Um, that's <laughs> fine. But um, we go out there, and Hunter's obviously in front of me. I'm behind him. We're stacked. And I'm like, I'm like looking at Hunter. We're looking around. I'm like, are we really about to do this? Obviously, I didn't say it that loud to where the defense couldn't hear me or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, are we really about to do this? And then um, I ran my route. He ran his. And obviously, he was wide open, made a great play. Kai made a great throw um, for a great touchdown that uh, was a big play in that game. And, yeah, I was I was fired up for Hunter. Um, you know, that's I think he played receiver in high school, so that's mm-hmm. something that he obviously probably dreamed about. Um, and then, you know, it was just cool to be out there and hear the – stadium go crazy for a touchdown when you're on the field so obviously you came in in 2020 under the previous coaching staff when you know they move off from coach Muschamp, bring in coach beamer he obviously ends up hiring pete limbo how excited were you as a specialist to have a head coach and a special teams coordinator that puts so much emphasis on that part of the game definitely um i guess it kind of goes back into my high school recruiting um coach limbo was in a lot uh, of my high school recruiting. He was at Memphis at the time. So uh, I had a, a offer at the University of Memphis, um, and I had gone out there, gone to a couple of visits, and that was kind of the schools, I, one of the schools I was really considering and looking at, um, partially because of Coach Limbo. Like, it, you know, he obviously had a great philosophy, a great mindset, and that's um, something I was looking into of, do I want to go play for this guy? Do I want to go to this school? Um, and then obviously Coach Beamer being – having a big special teams background, not only with him, but his dad, um, you know, and then I guess there had been specialists that had played for coach Beamer, um, I guess at Virginia tech and at Georgia when he was at both of those places that had worked with my coach as well. So I got kind of got there inside of how's this guy around kickers, you know, what does he want from us in practice and stuff like that. And then obviously I already had a pr- uh, prior relationship with coach Lembo. So it was uh, kind of cool to catch up with him and obviously continue to build our relationship whenever he got here at South Carolina. You got any uh, funny, put you on the spot, any funny anecdotes or stories about Pete Limbo? Ooh. Um, God, there's, there's, there's a lot, a lot of, of material there. stories, <laughs> um, good and bad. But um, <laughs> I, I'd say some of my favorite stuff about Coach Limbo is that there's times where We'll be in meetings where he's really serious about, like, all right, we've got to get this done. But there's also times where he can sit back and be, like, watching a play or whatever, you know, if we, you know, somebody else messed up or we messed up, and it's kind of like a laughable moment of, all right, whatever, like, you know, get get, get out of our system kind of deal. But, um, you know, when it's time to go, he's definitely a locked-in guy, which is what I really like about him. Um, you know, he, he gets stuff done. He wants us to get stuff done and um, really incorporate into our – not only the specialists, but the whole team of special teams is important. We're going to really work hard at it, and it's going to change a lot of football games for us. Now, do you own a Limbo Ball t-shirt? Hunter <laughs> came in with his on on Thursday. I saw that. I, I didn't know if I should wear mine to make it two weeks in a row, but um, <laughs> I have one. Um, Parker White left it at my house. So, Parker White, if you're listening, I have your Limbo Ball shirt. Uh, if you want it back, let me know. Um, but, yeah, I do have one of those shirts. I think whoever made those... That was a great idea. I love that shirt. No, um. we, we, we certainly appreciate him uh, wearing his in here on uh, Thursday. We'll have more on the Garnet Trust Hour with Mitch Jeter on the other side here on 107.5 The Game. What we're talking about on 107.5 The Game. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet.
Back in on the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 Game. Today's special guest, Gamecocks kicker Mitch Jeter. And uh, Mitch, like most kickers, you have a soccer background in your upbringing. Was it uh, soccer first and you discovered football later, or they kind of go coincide with each other? How did you come to becoming a football player? Yeah, um, soccer was definitely my first love. I'll tell you that. Um, I probably started playing soccer when I was, I don't know, four, four, three or four years old. Um, that was kind of what I wanted to do. Um, grew up playing soccer, uh, had my dad as my coach, kind of, um, I guess when I was younger, but until probably I was like 12 or 13 probably. Um, and then kind of went into more of a higher level soccer where I was trying to eventually go to college. Um, and then, a, you know, an opportunity came up for me, I guess my sophomore summer to go overseas um, and play. So that was pretty cool too. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to do that overseas soccer deal long-term. Um, but definitely college was on my radar for sure with soccer. And it was kind of different than football because with soccer, you're taking from um, not only the American pool, you're taking from an international pool, um, which limits a lot of opportunities because um, there's so many more kids and a lot more um, schools that, you know, are top getting better players from all places around the world. Um, and that kind of led me into football, I guess. I was kicking for fun. Um my sophomore year and like midway through the season is when I joined the team. Um, I went to a pretty like, you know, small high school. We probably had about a hundred kids a grade and uh, probably 40, 35 to 40 guys on our football team. Our kicker at the time was also our starting wide receiver, quarterback, punter, um, anything else you name he played. So um, our coach was Brad Hoover. He played for the Panthers for a long time. And um, he was like, Gave me a tryout, you know, even if, like, I wasn't going to play or anything. They needed a kicker that was solely, like, a kicker. Um, so I joined the team, you know, just for fun. Still was playing soccer. Um, really would go to football practice, like, once a week and go play in the football games. Um, but I guess junior, senior year was uh, – got with a coach, like I said, Dan Orner out of Charlotte. Um he kind of told me is like this is something that you need to pursue long term. I really think that you can take something and run with this. Um, and that was that was a hard conversation to have with my family of like um, not wanting to be done with soccer because yes, um, soccer and kicking are similar, but they're also different. Um, you know, there, there's as you get better and start to learn about stuff in form and mechanics and all that stuff. There, there's a different swing in both sports. Um, so. That was kind of my time to say, you know what, I've got an opportunity to go to college and play football at a high level, um, and I want to do that. So that was kind of what I brought up to my family, and they supported me all the way. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I transitioned from soccer to football. Um, you know, soccer was definitely, like, what I played the most growing up, but I, I really played everything, golf, soccer, basketball, like, you know, grew up doing a lot of that stuff. And I was going to say, real quick, you mentioned uh, doing the overseas stuff. You got to train in some Premier League stadiums as well. That had to have been a really cool experience. Yeah, so we had, um, it was, I guess, an organization called Icons Experience. So they took us over there. Um, not only did we get to go to games, um, we got to practice over there and um, see Arsenal Stadium, uh, Nottingham Forest, West Brom, and Wembley, I believe. Um some of us got to see Wembley. Now I, I, it was kind of like a you know deal where you couldn't go every day, but 
Um, definitely for Nottingham Forest, West Brom, and Arsenal were the three I got to see um, and play over there. That was pretty cool. See some games. Um, and, yeah, the organization that it did not only took us over there to be able to see those stadiums and be able to practice over there with some great coaches, but also the opportunity to meet some great players um, and be able to be around them that were former professional players um, from various places for various clubs that were in the organization really just trying to inspire young kids like us who is your team did you have a premier league team growing up i did not but after i had gone over there and saw arsenal that was probably like you know pretty pretty cool to be able to go in that stadium and see them um obviously they hadn't been great until i guess they did decent this year in the premier league but um you know that, that was kind of my team of who I was supporting if I was to watch any games or anything. Our uh, halftime show host, Jay Phillips, will be thrilled to hear that. He is a huge, huge Arsenal fan. Do you get over to – do you miss soccer? Like, you miss playing it? Um, Yes and no. Um, I'm very, very happy with where I am at right, right now. Right. Obviously, you know, going out there on a Saturday, playing in front of 80, 85,000 people is – you can't beat that. But um, I, I do miss it a little bit um, to where not necessarily playing but kind of just – being on a team with my guys and stuff like that you know um probably missed playing high school more than club that probably sounds a little weird but um high school was a lot more like relaxed and laid yeah. back and whereas club was a lot more serious um so that that was probably what i missed the most but definitely am happy where i'm at right now being able to be on this team here and um, being able to play in front of these crowds on saturdays do you get to go uh, catch any of uh, the women's or, or guys' soccer games over at Carolina, over at Stone? I've been to some of them. I have not been to um, as many as I want to, probably. Yeah. Um, but I have, I do keep up with them on, like, Twitter and stuff like that. So um, I, I do try to go to some of those games, though. But me and my roommates uh, will watch some games and have some, like, friendly banter across the house about <laughs> soccer and stuff. So you mentioned that you played, you know, golf, basketball. I know you, you and the guys still get out on the golf course a good bit. But if you were to switch sports, would you pick up soccer? Would you pick up golf? Or, or is there another one out there, hidden talent? Mm. Um, I've always said that if I were to play, like, another college sport, it would be baseball. Okay, um, okay. I, I never – well, I played baseball until I was, like, right at the beginning of high school. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I didn't really pursue it like a long-term thing because I was, you know, pretty short and <laughs> w- couldn't hit the big ball. But um, I think baseball will be fun, you know, to have that kind of, um, I don't know. I, I love going to the baseball games here. So I think, you know, b- playing another college sport of baseball or golf will probably be my go-to um, just because um, in high school I grew, a, I grew up with a lot of guys that play college golf now. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to see them and how their uh, college experience has been to playing golf has been cool to see as well. I feel like specialists are very closely related to baseball players. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I could see the that. salt of the earth people, like yeah. very just the camaraderie. Oh, definitely. Yeah, like we have a very tight-knit group. Yeah. Um, of, I guess there's nine of us. Yeah. I think there's nine of us, and then there's some more guys coming in the summer. Um, but, yeah, we definitely um, – hold each other close to each other and um you know make sure that we're a tight-knit group that's part of us um part of any specialist group in the country i'd say is you know we have a specific craft that we work on and um you know we all understand kind of the lifestyle of it so we're able to relate to each other tell us somebody 
from the from the special teams unit. It could be punter, kicker, snapper. It can be somebody just in coverage or a return guy that maybe nobody's really talking about. Like people talk about you. People talk about Kai Hunter. Um, y'all have gotten some accolades, but who's somebody who's maybe gone under the radar a little bit? Well, um, there's a couple. There, there's some really good guys out there that have done some really good stuff for us. I mean, last year you could look at punt coverage and. I mean, I know Darius Rush yeah. just got drafted, but Darius Rush was a huge impact for yeah. us last year. Um, uh, let's see. I guess we can even go back to, like, 2021 or the beginning of this year, Mo Kaba on kickoff. Mo Kaba is a beast um, whenever it comes to kickoff coverage. He will blow up anything um, in his way and go make a tackle, which is awesome. Um, and then I guess another guy that's kind of, you know, under the radar nobody really talks about um, is Peyton Mangrum. Peyton Mangrum's a really yeah. good um, kind of just all around special teams guy. Those are, I mean, there's so many more that you could say, but um, I always joke with Peyton Mangrum of like, you know, being a special teams guy. He, uh, he just, he loves it, man. He, uh, he takes pride in what he does and does it really well. So, yeah. So, ta- we were talking about tackling earlier drills for you guys in practice. So, you had another one of the bigger plays um, in the Clemson game, several big special teams plays in that game, but. The, uh, the fumble where Clemson tried to run the whatever that was uh, on the kickoff, and you, and you wrapped up uh, the running back, and he fumbled the ball, and obviously you guys got it back. That was a huge play. So give us give us your perspective on that play. Like, did the kick, was it looked like a directional kick? Did it go where you wanted? What, what were you thinking during the play? Yeah, so um, I guess it was right after a safety. Yep. So um, it's kind of like, you know, you're probably not going to hit a touchback. Yes, that's it's right. Pretty far. <laughs> it's pretty far. Um, so, probably not going to hit a touchback after safety. Um, I mean, you have to hit it like 80 yards to the goal <laughs> line. So, um, you know, you're just trying to hit a good ball that's, you know, got distance, got hang time, got direction. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing for me is making sure I'm hitting the good balls in good spots to make sure our coverage team can um, get down there and make a play. And we hit a good ball, um, good hang time, everything, good location. Um, that was, you know, obviously I, I don't think that Shipley maybe was a turner, but, um, you know, he obviously came into this muddle huddle or whatever they were doing. Um, and then I saw like, I didn't really know what was happening, but my job was to kind of be like a safety kind of guy there. Um, so I guess the ball s- spit out towards me and it was a running back and I guess, I'm, I didn't think I was going to be able to make a tackle on a guy that was probably 240, um, <laughs> being like, I don't know, not 240. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of went back to our base stuff that Coach Lembo te- teaches us in practice of, you know, kind of doing everything that he's taught me and tried to wrap him up. I, I don't know. I, I, I say I forced the fumble, but I don't know if I really did. But, like, you know. We, no, you did. I, yeah, we did. You get credit. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at it right now too, just to like refresh my memory. Okay. So, you had a lot. There's a lot going on here. There's so much. Going I think. On. Uh, I think actually that play happened. It could have just been like they get the ball in the 25. I think somebody who shall name remain nameless missed a tackle. Okay. Missed a tackle, and so then it comes out more towards the sideline. You did wrap up though. That was a wrap classic up. wrap yeah. up. You yeah. had that ankle, yeah. and we're not letting it go. Yeah, I, I had him. I definitely was not going to let him go anywhere. And obviously, when the ball spit out, I didn't really see it, but I saw. I think it was like Trey Kenyon that was yeah. that covered it. Um, 
and yeah, I, I was fired up after that. Like, obviously, that was a huge point to turn momentum in that game and get momentum swinging back towards us to be able to go in and score right there. Yeah, the, you wrapped up the ankle, and I think the the ball carrier was trying to like squirt out of it, you know. So he's like taking another step, and it just whoop, ball just spit out. Wow, well, went a long way. Yeah, I mean, it was a great play. Obviously, yeah. you know, we get did a good job getting on that. Obviously, um, ended up going on for a great win. Yeah. All right, we'll come back on the other side, wrap up today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour with Mitch Jeter here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. A couple more minutes to go wrapping up with Mitch Jeter here. And I've always been curious about this. One common a uh, tactic we see in football is icing the kicker. And the prevailing thought behind it is you call the timeout, whether it be at the end of the half, at the end of the game, for the game-winning kick or whatever, and you let the kicker sit there and think about it for another minute or two. He gets in his head, it psychs him out, he ends up missing the kick. Is there any truth to that, or are you kind of like, oh, he just gave me another minute to sit and relax before I go out here and make this kick? Um, short answer is no, because, I mean – no matter the time, whether it's now, five minutes, you know, wh- however long, you know, I'm going to be same preparation, same mindset of how I'm going to attack everything. Um, so, no, I, I don't think, like, I think for some guys it might be a little different, but for myself, I think, um, you know, I've done a lot of preparation stuff to where, you know, when it's our time to go out there and kick the field goal, I'm in the right state of mind. That's the biggest thing for me is um, controlling breath and, um doing a lot of like mental preparation of just being in the moment kind of deal where I'm not thinking about anything around me, kind of just me, my snapper, my holder, you know, just I practice it 10,000 times. It's just another day at the office, you know. My, my theory, uh, tell me what you think of this, is that if I'm an opposing coach now and it's like the end of game or end of half situation, I'm not even calling timeout. I almost feel like the kickers expect it more now. They're like this – they're. I might have a timeout here on the other end. You know, I might just roll with it. Yeah, they throw them off. There definitely is, um, you know, some strategy to it, I guess, because, yeah. you know, th- like you said, there are some guys that maybe don't take it as serious as it should be because, oh, you know, they're just going to call it. They're going to call time whenever, whenever yeah. you know, every everything about it's important. You know, yeah. whether it's they have three timeouts and you kick it four times or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. All right, so you are, let's go off field a little bit before we let you go. Um, you're a biological sciences major. So what are you planning on doing after football is over, whenever that may be? Um, so I'd love to go into chiropractic. That's kind of my field that I want to go into. Um, with biology, I kind of can do a lot with it in the medical field. Um, but chiropractic is something that I think I can do to not only help people with sports-related injuries or general life injuries, Um and obviously my goal, you know, after football is done is to be able to stay in sports, hopefully work for a team or something like that. That's something that I dream of um, to be able to kind of stay in the kind of consistency of sports and be able to be in that schedule, too. Yeah, maybe like a like an NFL team's chiropractor. I mean, they have them. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah that would be, that'd be super cool. I think I went to school with a guy. I think his dad worked for an NFL team as the chiropractor. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool stuff. What about off-field activities? You know, what do you, what do you, I know you hit the golf course a good yep. bit. Uh, you like to go on vacation, like to go around. I mean, what do you like to do? Away from yeah, here? I guess this month of May, um, I went down to the beach last week yep. um, with some friends and my girlfriend. And then um, I guess kind of just 
you know, when I'm back home, I play a lot of golf. So I do a lot of that. <laughs> right. But when I'm in Columbia, like, um, I guess when I come back, hopefully postseason baseball's around. Um, yeah. So hopefully we can have some postseason baseball in Columbia. That'd be awesome. Um, but I mean, kind of just you know, being around Columbia, being with my guys. Like I said, we have um, three houses really close that we mm-hmm. all live together. Um, so we're always together, whether it's watching a game, watching um, anything, golf, uh, basketball, baseball, football, whatever it is. Uh, we're always together, and we just enjoy being around each other, and that's kind of what it's all about. Um, I think so, but yeah, that's kind of what I like to do when I'm not in football mode or anything. And then, yeah, that's kind of my thing. You and Hunter and Kai came in together in that in that same class, and as you said, you you've grown close. We were talking about this during one of the breaks. So you came in 2020 class. That was the COVID year. You guys are all seniors this year, but technically, y'all have another year. So, it, are, have you left the door open that maybe you have? not just one, but maybe two more years in Columbia. Definitely. Um, you know, kind of just doing whatever I can to obviously help the team um, for this year. And then if it if it works out, be around for another year. If not, then, you know, we'll, you know, everybody's got a different path. But, sure. Um, you know, just trying to be happy in the moment right now of seeing what happens with our seasons and things like that. But I think it would be awesome to be around with for two with these guys, two more seasons, um, just because, like, you know, I, I don't really feel like a senior yet. You know, it's <laughs> right. weird yeah. um, because COVID was, like, not real in my for college, at least, in my opinion. Um, so it doesn't feel like I'm a senior yet. It, I, I truly feel like I'm about to be a junior in, because I have two seasons left or whatever. But, yeah, um, but yeah I mean, you know, time's flying, and we're, <laughs> we're having fun with it. But, um, yeah, wh- whatever happens, whatever kind of path we take, um, it's going to work out. Last thing for you from my end, Mitch, um, you know, you're here obviously on the Garnet Trust Hour, so NIL opportunity for you. A lot of your teammates have, have participated too in the NIL space. I know you've done some other stuff, but what have you seen from, you know, NIL in the college game? What are your thoughts on it? Um, I think NIL is important because, you know, I, I do believe if somebody's out here producing on, you know, for a given university or whatever and, somebody's out there that wants to support them, whether it's a business or a donor or whatever. Um, no, I think, I think that's got some pull to it to where, um, you know, what you do on the field can help your success off the field. Um, but I, I do think there, there's a line you got to draw, like, at least in my opinion of, you know, bringing guys for any school of paying them ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of money to go to a college where they haven't even played a snap yet. You know, like, um, so, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely a, um, it's a hot subject, a very touchy subject, I think, that has a, you know, a fine line. Um, but, I mean, I, I think if you use it the right way, it's it's for a good cause. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour. Mitch, thank you so much for joining us, as we always do. Wish you and your teammates best of luck this upcoming season. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, coming up next is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game.